Stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. So immediately after service, help us move the stable and manger off the stage and any other Christmas decor. Proverbs 3, 21, if you're there, say amen. And then put your finger there uh, and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. There are very few things that a pastor thinks more about than the first series, the first messages of the new year. And if we're not careful, we just fall into the trap of, man, I'm glad to see 2022. Bye, Felicia. See it later. A rearview mirror. Get it behind you. And I, I, I sat before the Lord a while just thinking. I said, Lord, there's, you know, your word can just be enough. But I felt directed to share with you imperatives, essentials that you're going to need for the year to come. Essentials. If there's not preparation, then we're going to be exposed. Okay? And the first one I want to talk to you about is the word confidence. Confidence. Proverbs 3, 21. My son, let them not, my words, depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And there will be life unto your soul and grace to your neck. You will walk in your way safely. Your foot will not stumble. When you lay down, you won't be afraid. When you shall lie down, your sleep will be what? Sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence. And keep your foot from being taken. Hebrews 10 says, Cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Your reward is inside the confidence. And if the confidence is inside of you, you carry not only the presence of God, but the reward of God. Just turn it off. Tell them, hey. Hey, we've all done we've all done it. What's that? Hebrews 10, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Cast it not away implies that no one can take it from you. You've got to walk away from it yourself. Your confidence in God. Very quickly before you're seated. I believe the following year will be one that tests the souls, foundations, and the metal of men. There will be a continuation of godlessness, blindness, insanity, and a progressing of the turning over of men to themselves. It will be a year that winnows those who profess faith and purify those that do. I believe it will be a year of signs in the heavens and the earth below. I believe it will be a year where believers may lose much in this world, but gain more in the one to come. I believe it will be a year where faith is tried, proven as real or false, and is greatly rewarded. But I, more than these, believe this will be one of great pressure on the believer and great power in the believer. This morning, I don't know if you realize it, but it felt as if a spigot was open just a little bit. On us. 
And I believe the Lord gave that for me and for you as a confirmation that regardless of how dry and dark and evil the year to come may be, there will be a supply of the Spirit greater than that. I want to speak to you this morning. As I'm going to ask for you to pray for me as I pray for myself on the subject of confidence. Father, I just humble myself before you. You know me better than I know myself. You know my downsittings and my uprisings. And I just present myself to you. Um, use me today, Lord, for your glory. Give me clarity of thought and mind. Anoint my, my, my lips that I might speak the words like a ready writer that I would be able to speak and, and, and with a clarity that goes into men's souls and it is, becomes the fabric of who they are. Let us examine ourselves and not only see if we be found in the faith, but if confidence is found in us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I'm saying this for myself. Sometimes I, if I hear myself say something, I'll respond accordingly preaching. I, I don't want to be in a hurry today. I, I, I planned on finishing the first point, but I'd rather go at a pace to where we just eat till we're full. Is that okay? Okay. And if I have to continue on to next week, if the Lord tarries, that's fine. Number one, for the days to come, you will need a confidence that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Not just a confidence not one drummed up by emotion or hype or momentum, but that is found in, originates with, continues by, and ends up in the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 3.14 says, We are made partakers of Christ if, say that with me, if, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Well, no, I'm saved. I, I prayed when I was 11. I understand that. But you are made a partaker of Christ if you hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast unto the end. This confidence must come from revelation. It must be based upon the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is not just hearing these Christian memes are these little uh, quotes that rhyme. It has to be substance. It has to be founded on, on a theological understanding of who Christ is, who Christ is to me and who Christ is to come, as Jason talked about earlier. Not on, not on things that look like God, but the person of God himself. I love what Felicia did on the floor there, and I know it made some of y'all uncomfortable. Some, some it does. I like real. I like real. And you can't walk with God and not have moments where you don't tremble before him and lay before him. See, the person of God, the one with eyes like fire, the one that sees through our illusions and our compromise. You got to have confidence in him, not the church, not your pastor, not your friends, in him. You need to be, this confidence needs to be led by the voice of God. It's not only built upon the Word of God, it's led by the voice of God. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, the Bible says. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and another man's voice they will not follow. You'll hear a voice behind you, 
saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right and you turn to the left. See, when you start off in the Lord, he's like, you know, you're a little baby and you're coming to him. And as you mature, he lets you walk out in front and you can't see him. But you can hear him behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. So if we lose our physical sight, we still have our spiritual sight and the knowledge of his voice. Years ago, right before we got our girls, uh, I, I, when Kelly and I first got married, I asked her if she would just stay at home and be my wife. And King James, she said, what meaneth this? What do you mean? And she goes, I, I've worked my whole life. I said, well, just try it. And she tried it. And she goes, this is nice. This is nice. And then after a while, she said, you know what? I'm just praying about going back to work. I'm, but I don't want to make anything happen, you know. And uh, I was driving down Bass Road one day, and it was like a, just a, a knowing. Pull in. Just pull in. Oh, well, the Lord doesn't speak today. Yes, He does. It doesn't carry the same authority as the Scriptures. But how can His sheep hear a voice that doesn't talk? I just submit that to you. I'm just a you know, small guy, slow learner. But how can you hear a voice that doesn't speak? Turn in. So I turned in Homewood Suites. Felt like I was supposed to go ask them. And a friend of ours, Lemai, was there. And I said, hey, I just, she's a believer. And I told her story. And I'm just driving down the road. And I felt like, turn in. Um, Y'all got any jobs? Kelly's looking to go back to work. And Kelly's, you know, got her degree in marketing. And she's, she's the educated one. She's summa cum laude. I'm thank you, laude. Just <laughs> glad to be here. And uh, she's a people person, you know. Our church likes me a little bit. They really love her. And she said, oh, man, I would love for her to get a job, to work here, but there's just no opening. And I said out loud, I went, man, I could have swore. I heard, and I told her, I said, I just knew. She said, but I'll, I'll keep my openness. Okay. So I went home, told Kelly about it, you know, and I, it, it instills a lot of trust in people when you tell them you missed it, you know. But I just, I, it was turn in, turn in. And the next day, the phone rings. It's Lemai calling Kelly. She goes, hey, John came by yesterday. Yeah, he told me, hey, the, the front desk manager just quit. Would you like to come? You're hired. And I'm like, yes. You know, not, listen, it's never the, about the thing. It's never about the thing. I heard you. And if I hear you, then I'm going to know things that other people don't know. I'm going to see things other people don't see. I'm going to do things other people don't do. If I have the sight of God and can hear the voice of God, see, it's not just what you do, it's what you miss. He steers you around stuff. How many icebergs did we miss in the last year? Not even knowing that it's the Lord that directs us. The Lord is my shepherd. His rod and his staff, what? That means that clicking on the rock. No matter how far back I am in the pack, if I know he's out there, I can follow that voice. Um, I, I, I remembered another illustration that I wanted to share with you just about his voice. And I felt that there would be people here today that that's, that's what you've got to say, Lord, teach me your voice, teach me your voice. And no one can do that for you. 
if I, I can't describe my mother's voice to you right now, for those of you that have never met her in such a way that if she called you, you go, well, hey, Sandra. But you can have friends call you back from years ago. You ain't talked to them. They go, hey. Well, what's up, Mo? You know who they are. You, you can call, call out their name. I was driving down Bowman Road. Maybe the Lord talks to me when I'm driving because I'm not, you know, wide open. I can only be in one little space at a time. And I'm driving down Bowman Road, and I said out loud, I said, we're moving. And it's not often, but have you ever had your spirit know something before your, your mind knew? I said, we're moving. Had a beautiful historic house on uh, the corner of Ridge and Riverdale that I love very much. But the Lord knew that the greatest desire of my heart when we brought our little girls home from the hospital, I had three girls, this one, Olivia and Isabel. And we moved into a house at Brookfield that was three minutes door to door from the church to that house. And I would go home four, five, six, seven times a day to see my kids for 10 or 15 minutes at a time. That may sound insignificant or small to you, but he has planned my life and my steps are ordered of the Lord. And if I know his voice, if I have confidence in that voice, then I can follow him anywhere, in anything, through anything, because he is greater than it. You need, to, you need to ask, Lord, show, let me learn your voice. Let me learn your voice. Let me know thy voice. And to him that has more will be given. When you act on what he told you, he will speak more and more clearly to you. This confidence is emboldened by the presence of God. I love what Elijah said in 1 Kings 17. He said unto King Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. Your confidence is equivalent to how near you believe God is to you. I want to say that again. Your confidence is equivalent to how near you believe God is to you. That deals with relationship. Elijah said, so here's a king that wants him dead. You know, at another time, there's 850 Balak prophets with swords in their hand that want him dead. Uh, and he stands before him and he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be rain nor dew until I say otherwise. Where did he get that pronouncement from? From the word of God. If you go whoring after other idols, I'll withhold rain. Where did that confidence come from? It's hidden right there. As the Lord liveth before whom I live before. If you believed that God was with you every moment of every day, what would you ever be afraid of? Nothing emboldened by the presence of God, energized by the Spirit of God. Romans 15, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing with hope. When you walk with the Lord, His Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He will glorify me, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will glorify me. How does he glorify him? Through believers. Through your expectation and hope in God. Your confidence in God. It has a reward for you, but it has a glory for God. 
confidence in God shows up on your face. It shows up, I read it to you, in your sleep. It shows up to you in your words. And it shows up in your actions. You can't fake confidence. I'm not going to allude to the football games yesterday, but you ever seen a ball game where somebody, a weaker team, come out with attitude and confidence? Confidence doesn't overcome everything, but it can overcome anything, especially if your confidence is in God. One of my favorite verses says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, for he shall not be ashamed. If your confidence is a hybrid confidence, it will fail. If it's God in you, God in the economy, God in your momentum, God in how you feel, God in what people say, my confidence is supposed to be exclusively in God and Him alone. Energized by the Spirit of God. Intertwined with people of like precious faith. Jason alluded to this earlier, Hebrews 10. And let us consider one another to provoke to love and to good works. That's what she was doing on here, provoking you to preach the gospel, provoking you to walk closely. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's not just church gathering. It's your inner circle. Like precious faith. It says... Uh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Environment is critical in this last hour. I want to be around people. Now, I'm open to minister to anyone. But my go-to, I want them to know the Lord their God. I want them to have a fresh word from heaven. I want them to have something in their hands if they lay their hands on me. I want to have confidence in their prayer. You need to be intertwined with the people of like precious faith. Well, I just get my... Um, church on the TV. Well, if you're incapacitated, that's wonderful. But may, may I just ask you a question? If that's your only church, or I, I watch sermons or DVDs, if that, who are you serving? Who are you lifting up? Who are you encouraging? Who are you provoking to good works? Who are you discipling? Oh, that's right. You're just receiving. Not many amens, but that's good. It's good preaching. Intertwined with people of like precious faith. Some of us, our relationships are our downfall. I'm not better than anyone. Not better than anyone. But I choose to be around those of like precious faith. And finally, strengthened by your joy in knowing and trusting God. The pathway to joy is to believe what God says in His Word and act upon it. It isn't enough for us to read the Word or receive the Word as others expound it. We must rejoice in the Word. Listen to this. Psalms 119, 162. I rejoice at your Word as one who finds great treasure. All right, I, I got a problem with some of us. And I know we're all different peoples. We got some that are quiet, some that are loud, some that are emotional, some that are not emotional. But when I'm in church and, and the fellas preaching or, or Jason's preaching or Pastor Charles is closing service. It feels like this is a tuning fork. Somebody will say something and I go, ding, ding. And some of y'all are just so afraid of being out of order that you are. 
shouldn't there be when someone says, God has not forgot one good promise. Shouldn't there be a, yes, hey, that's me. I rejoice in your word. When I heard that they said uh, it's uh, to come into the house of the Lord, I was glad. And when they said that, and I'm glad, I go, yes, it's like a tuning fork. Unless there ain't nothing connecting. How can you be in a church that preaches the word of God and is empowered by the spirit of God and you not have some reflex. That's the first thing to do at a doctor's office. Cross your leg, hit you on the knee. He says, you about to die. That it, ought, it ought to move. Anyway, thank you. Number two, you will need a confidence that is secured by a holy and current relationship with God. You're going to need in the days to come a confidence exclusively in Jesus Christ. And a relationship that is secured by a holy and current relationship with God. Listen to this. One that knows the truth, not being biblically illiterate. One that studies the scriptures. What would your grade be if you, studied, if, if you were tested like your kids tested in high school? You must know the word, know the truth, love the truth, and be unashamed of the truth. Know it, love it, and be unashamed of it. This is where many believers are falling through the cracks in this last hour. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm responsible. See, when I stand before God for the opportunities I've been given up here, you're not going to be there. I'm going to be up there naked by myself. Someone said, man, you're just intense or aggressive when you preach. And it's just, well, because I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer to the Lord for these things that I've shared with you. And there are people that are part of this body and other churches that were here last year. They ain't here. They're gone. They've they've wilted. They've turned back. They've turned away. Their faith is shipwrecked. They did not continue the confidence of their faith. And so I must warn you lest our faith be shipwrecked. And it, it dwindles down to this. Continuance, confidence, is all connected to what is the truth to you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. So Christ, his word, to know the truth, to love the truth. Does this make me, does this make me look big from the side to you? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, you shouldn't say that. Well, That's crept into the church, too. Because we'll look the other way and let our friend lose six months and nine months of their year and their influence and their, their vitality because we don't want to bring offense when the truth could be the thing that sets them free. He said, look, I ain't your judge, but I love you and I'm your brother. The knowledge of the truth, the truth about ourselves in this world. Like when I preach, love not the world, because if you love the world, you're the enemy of God. You're the enemy of God. Well, no, not really. Yes, you are. What we've done is we've turned our voice down so as not to offend. They're not offended that we go to church. They're offended when we tell the truth. And Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and or my words, I'll be ashamed of you when I come. Now, I don't like being not liked. 
You think it's hard being a believer? Try being a preacher, talking to someone. Hey, what do you do, man? Oh, I'm a pastor. Uh, oh. Like, well, what kind of church, what kind of religion, what kind of, you know, uh, Assemblies of God? Oh. You do those tongue things? Do you talk in tongues? Yeah, almost every day. Oh. But I just want to go on record and tell you something. If you're waiting on me to be ashamed of his word, his spirit, his person, his commands, his empowerment, the gifts of the spirit, you're going to be waiting a long time because I'm not ashamed of him in any way, in any way. A relationship that is exclusive, sanctified and consecrated unto him, sanctified, set apart from the world, consecrated unto God. They're two different things. You can be consecrated unto God and still be dragging the world in with you. Or you might be uh, sanctified and not consecrated. It's two things. I have to come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean things. Then I will be to you. Well, Brother John, wasn't he my father before? Wasn't he my God before? Yes, you just didn't have access to him. These men in church, may I just ask you, if your wife comes home smelling of another man, but says, I, did, I, 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 didn't, I didn't sleep with him, I, I didn't, but you smell his cologne, does that affect your relationship at all? I mean, that's, think about it. And we come into his house smelling like the world and say, he just feels, God just feels so distant. God just feels, it's because he is. The relationship is still intact, but the fellowship is broken. And see, if his nearness is my confidence, what are you going to do when, it, when stuff really starts to go south here if Jesus tarries? Or when you get the worst report? I want you, I want for you that whenever the phone call comes or the event happens, you don't have to go looking for God. He's right with you. I ain't got to go find him. Where did I leave him? What did I do? A relationship that is tenacious in hope, in their hope of God and the expectation of God. In their hope in God and their expectation of God. You remember when the disciples were on the boat and the storm was raging and they, they couldn't get to land and Jesus comes walking on the water and they, what'd they say? It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Now, I want you to follow me. Look at this. Why is it that some of us look for evil before we look for God? Well, the storm is evil. But what if the storm was created to bring a revelation of God? And I can prove it to you because Jesus said, I am. I'm here. We ain't talking about the storm. I am is here. And for us as believers, this God confidence that we have comes from our expectations. I believe if you expect to see ghosts, you'll see some. If you expect, oh, I, I know what 2023 is going to be. I do too. It's going to be a year of the supply of the Spirit for everything I need. 
And it will be if Jesus tarries a difficult year. I'm telling you, the constriction, the contradiction, the convergence of end time events, the spirit of lawlessness, insanity. I saw a guy on TV with all his degrees, you know, multiple doctorates. And this is how many genders are these? 57. And we don't say anything. Well, you know, that, that's his truth. And if you put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards. We have to be securely confident in our expectation of God that regardless of how dark the world gets, I know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you can't be overcome. You can only quit. It's not in my notes, but it's the truth. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about overcoming. If overcoming was easy, there'd be more overcomers. What does your current relationship with God look like? This relationship needs an eternal worldview, not a temporal worldview. Your relationship, you, you, you got to stop looking at this world and start sending things ahead. Instead of saying, oh, look what happened to me. But what, this phrase right here has helped me so much in my, my life with the Lord. What is this in the light of eternity? In the light of eternity. I mean, it's horrible. It's bad. Growing old ain't for the faint of heart. Anybody else feeling me this way? I'll just tell it to you this way, you young people. Father time and gravity have never lost a battle. I just, I'm just telling you. Never lost a one. And I, I'm looking at all these young married couples in their 20s and 30s and got vitality and life. And all the hair that you lose on your head is going to grow on her lip. It's coming. It, it's coming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reminds me of a girl I dated in college. She had long black hair all the way down her back. She didn't have it on her head, just a lot on her back. But anyway, no, sorry, stop. <laughs> Y'all know why I cut up with you because we've had a lot of medicine so far. That's just a little spoonful of sugar just to help some of this go down. If you live with a temporal worldview, the pressure of that, the pressure of obtaining and keeping, obtaining and keeping, instead of living like this, obtaining and keeping. Nothing, listen, listen, nothing eternal can be lost. Man, I like having a nice car. I like one that cranks. That's a novel idea. I, listen, people look at you, you know, they say, Pastor John, I got a new truck, must be nice. I drove junk. I've sold cars for $25 right in front of Wall Sports before cell phones come out. And there's like an orange glow in my air vent and smoke coming out of it. What meaneth this? You know, so I go to the yellow pages. Somebody's now said, what? Just I look up. It said, we buy junk. And I call him and say, yeah, you buy junk? He said, yeah. So I got some junk for you. So he comes up to Wall Sports there on Riverside. How many of y'all remember Wall Sports on Riverside next to the, okay, next to the post office? 
And he said, uh, I'll give you $25. I said, man, this is a 1973 Chevrolet Laguna SS. He said, your junk's on fire. Yeah, and so I walked back to Mercer crying. So I said, Brother John, what does that have to do? It has to do with everything. Listen, you got to have a faith that whether you're driving a new one or you're laying hands on yours, God help this thing to crank. And let me just throw this in there. Don't lay hands on it if you're not maintaining it. I don't know what's wrong with this. The devil's in it. You ain't had the, the oil check since the Korean War. It's not the devil. It's you. My point is, <laughs> when you have an eternal worldview, you can take the worst hits and say, but in the light of eternity, whether I'm driving junk or a great car, Paul said, I've abounded and I've been abased. I've had friends more than I can count, and I've watched them walk out. I've been young, now I'm old. I've been well, I'm now sick. I've come and gone, but in the end, nothing eternal can be lost. You need an eternal worldview. And as you see stuff slipping away, throw more on the other side. There are people in this room that have more on the other side than they have on this side. And they're the ones that sleep sweetly. Because rust nor moth nor thieves can get to that which they put aside. And finally on number two in your relationship with God, a one who remembers and keeps their vows. I want to just be very simple here you remember what you told him you remember in the early years the Bible said the confidence of your faith in the beginning you were so glad to be saved God I'm going to live my life for you Lord I, I give you my life and now we tip God with our time We are very flawed, but we can have a perfect heart towards him. David was messed up. <laughs> David struggled with, with lust and materialism and other things, but he had a heart after God, and his heart before the Lord was perfect. Have you kept your vows of consecration, of sanctification, of surrender to ministry? The gifts and call of God are without repentance, but your vows are remembered as well. Remember when Jonah was in the fish's belly? Go look this up later. He said in the middle of calling out to God and the seaweed wrapped around his head, and he said, I'll remember my vows. Your vows. So you're going to need a confidence in the person of God. You're going to need a confidence that is secured by your relationship with God. God won't do that for you. And no one else can do it for you. And don't confuse your walk with God with your friend or your spouse. If you've got a spirit-filled spouse and you we're good. No, no, she's good. Or you're good. Because see, you can confuse this morning. Ooh, God and I are good. No, no, his, our cups have run over and splashed on you. And don't confuse what splashes out of somebody else's cup with your own cup. Is yours overflowing? Are rivers of water flowing out of you? Number three, 
you will need a confidence that is willing and able. A willing heart and an able heart. Isaiah 1 says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. If our musician would come, please. Willing and able to live by faith, not by sight. I touched on it a moment ago, but sometimes you got to close your eyes so you can see. You, you, you're, you're, you're limiting yourself when you can more clearly articulate what you see today than what you knew yesterday. What you know. Don't forget in the darkness what you knew in the light. Don't, don't be so articulate about your current circumstances and not be articulate about who God is and what God has done. I, I've been waiting to share this one Bible quick snippet with you because I don't know who this is for. But do you remember when God opened the Red Sea and Moses and the Israelites walked through and God closed the sea up and drowned it all. God told him, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And you ain't going to see your enemy no more. I got him. And Miriam broke out a timbrel, remember? The Lord has done mightily. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. And she danced and everybody danced. I'm not minimizing or making light of that. Beautiful. It's right. But in this year to come, you're going to need to be able to dance before the sea opens. Not horse and the rider thrown into the sea. But y'all remember the old chorus we used to sing coming up? I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Based on the scripture. Oh, based on his track record. Based on his integrity. Based on his faithfulness. Based on my expectation. Based on the exceeding and precious promises. Based on him and him alone. Confident in Him, willing and able to live by to live by faith. I ain't got to see it; I see Him. You know what was one of the things, and when I always tell the story, I talk to you about Kelly's faith and her desire and great desire for children. And you know, the one thing she wanted, I couldn't give her. And I'm seedless; I'm sterile. And I remember. Praying to the Lord, Lord, you know, uh, if you could just grant her children, God, uh, you just take 10 years off my life like I've got a bargain dog. Okay, I'll kill you early. You know, just stupid, stupid stuff. And I was like, just, Lord, you know, uh, and I felt the Lord whisper to, to me. I felt it was him. He said, you think you got to talk me into blessing my daughter? And I, I had a mental picture of him sticking his hand in a creek bed, making the mud man, Adam, like Plato. And he fashioned him. And he became, ah, wind, essence. He became a living soul. And he, and he gave him seed. Mud men don't have seed. So the seed doesn't come from the man. The seed comes from God. Abraham was past childbearing. Sarah's womb was dead. 
God said, I, I don't need your participation, but you need to participate with me. And if your confidence is in me, I love that Abraham and Sarah named their baby Laughter. Because Sarah went from laughing at God to laughing with God. Every time she called him, La uh, Laughter! Get up, boy, you're going to be late for school. Laughter! It's time to go to bed. How many times did you brush your teeth? Laughter! And some of us can't figure out why God puts us in impossible situations. It's so you can show your confidence in Him. I stood on this stage, and I've told you things over the last 30 years. And some of them didn't happen. I've also stood on this stage and told you what I believe God for, and they happened. And I got three babies. The seedless man. I stood on this stage and told you that our, we would not find our children, but they'd find us. You, how are you going to, I don't know how he's going to do it. But if he stepped out on nothing and made everything, <laughs> and everything is upheld by the word of his power, I don't need variables. Why do you feel like you got to tee it up for God? Well, Lord, here it is. Now, I've got it. All you got to do is hit the, let, Let's take that softball away. Put a beach ball up there. Okay, God. Now, you, now, now you can do it. All you got to do is do it. You don't even have to have a T. Just say, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I believe. I want to dance before. Tell you how precious this woman is on the front row. She didn't hear that in her heart about the babies. Her husband did. She decorated our nursery over a year before we knew we were having kids. She bought pictures. She did drapery. She'd walk the floor and pray in that room. You think her confidence was in me? Not even close. Lord, on the long shot that John heard your voice. And I'm thankful for a godly spouse. We all are. My hope ain't in John. John can't even produce but you said if two of us would agree as to touching any one thing, whatever, and me and my husband agree that we're going to hear the sound of laughter in this home. And we brought them little girls home to that bedroom. Able to walk by faith. Able to wait. Able to be vulnerable. Stand out and tell people what you believe God's going to do. When there's nothing in, in position to do it. I want them to see my confidence before. I want them to see it before. Look at all that God's given us. I tell these young pastors how we got this building and stuff. Their, their jaw just drops. They just look, what? I said, yeah, somebody gave us $5 million. How? I, said, I don't know. I just, the Lord... Wanted us to have it. Okay, very quickly. To be vulnerable. In this coming year, you're going to have to step out on nothing. Simon said to Jesus, if it's you, tell me I can come. Jesus said, come. And on one word, one word from the Lord, he was able to do in that moment what he couldn't do in the moment before. And he walked to him. The three Hebrew boys stood in front of the King Nebuchadnezzar. And you know the story. The idol was set up and they said, if you don't bow down at the playing of all the musical instruments, then you'll be burnt alive in a fiery furnace. Listen to what the three, the three little Hebrew 
teenager said. O King Nebuchadnezzar, small k, by the way. Look in your, in your Bible, small k. It's just a little slight to him. Not all caps. You're just a little temporary king. O King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Did, did, this man is the greatest king on the face of the earth. He said, hey, scared. That's what, we're not careful to answer you. Instead of, uh, I'm sorry to offend you with my faith, and uh, I, I'll tone it down. He said, we ain't careful to answer you in this matter. Our God, not mama's God, not daddy's God. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. Watch. And he will. He will. Comma. But if not. Oh, you need to be more positive. I'm positive. He might not. If not, I'm still not going to bow down and serve your God. Not going to do it. Confidence. May our church be filled with it. May it show up in our songs. May it show up in our expectation and in our hope. Giving us the capacity to endure. To fight the good fight of faith. And hold on to eternal life. And to overcome Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you carry Christ, how can you be overcome? Because you equate overcome with maintaining your stuff. That's Overcoming is not turning back from my vows. Say, Paul, we're going to kill you. He said, would you? I've been battling between two things of whether to go home and be with the Lord or stay here which is more profitable for the church but if you'd knock me off that'd be really helpful to me we're going to put you in prison could you put me back at Philippi I almost won the jailer there the last time I was there what are you going to do with the apostle Paul absolutely nothing final thoughts so Paul's on a boat and he said we'd not seen sun or stars for many days and all hope was gone this is Paul who wrote most of the New Testament all hope was gone. And he said, but an angel of the Lord appeared to me. He's standing on the boat, preaching to the captain of the boat and all the men that had keys to the chains and all the prisoners. He said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me last night. There's the nearness. Wait a minute. Oh, there's the hearing. There's the seeing in the spirit. There's the believing. There's the proclamation. He says, all coming together, confidence. He said, and he said that we're going to be all spared but we're gonna have a shipwreck have you ever floated in on a little piece of something ship broke apart and he said if y'all can swim swim and leave the ship pieces for the people can't swim and they're holding on to a stick swimming in and they all made it to shore but here's what he said he said an angel lord appeared to me and told me these things and i believe god it is imperative in this coming year that you have a tenacious, exclusive, unquestionable, unshakable, I believe God, period. 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 No discussion, no argument. I believe the Lord. And when the lights go out and the crowd gets thin, and the doctor says visiting hours are over. He pulls the drape. 
and your Christ walks past the nurse's station, through the drape, sits down beside you and holds your sins. And I told you I'd never leave you. I knew that, Lord. It's imperative that you're going to have confidence in this last hour. Would you just bow your head and pray where you're at in response to the word today? I feel the scripture rolling over in my heart. Did I not tell you that if you just believe, you'd see the glory of God? You're going to see it. I know it's too far gone, but you're going to see it. Just like Pastor John, you don't have the essentials necessary for the answer to come. But I ain't limited by that. There will be a performance of the things I promised you. The Lord's not slack concerning His promise. His promises are yes and amen. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. Would you stand with me this morning? Now we're going to go home and say, you know, that was either good or not good. Or you can go home and give the Lord a half hour, an hour with a legal pad and say, where did my confidence start draining out at? What relationship, what practice? Y'all remember that Flex Seal guy? I don't know his name. Advertising, I cut a boat in half and I, I taped it up and they showed you three seconds of him driving it. I want to see the rest of the movie. You can't tape your soul. You go before the Lord and fix this leak in me. Show me what I got to do. So that I can tell the devil when he comes with guns blazing, I say, deal the next card. I ain't scared of you. What you going to do with a believer like that? Absolutely nothing. I asked Brian to play a song for us. It's, it's kind of upbeat, but I want you just to watch on the screens. And I'm looking for tuning forks. You ain't got to sing along because you may not know the lyrics. But any part of the lyrics, you just say, Lord, that's me. That's me. All right, you already shift gears because we're playing soft music now. You ready? All right, listen to this. See if this doesn't touch your heart. From the dawn of creation This world has been crying out for Hero to save us. We long for the supernatural. But there is only one God who can save the day. So clear the stage, prepare the way. Cause heaven and earth are singing. Glory, hallelujah. Let the whole world see.
Pray over us this, this morning. It's a new year, man. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you for Pastor John. And I thank you for your spirit being here, Lord. Lord, no other place I'd rather be than start off the year, God, here with you. Lord, thank you for Miss Felicia and, God, what she's doing with her ministry, God. Lord, thank you for the spirit that you've placed in her, Lord. I thank you, God, for all the things that you're doing here, the people, God, that have gone from here, that come back here, Lord. This is the place, God, where you reside. We're grateful for that. Lord, even though 2023 may be tough, Lord, you're greater. And we trust you, Lord. So, Lord, even though we walk and the hard things, Lord, we know you're there. Yes, Lord. We're looking for your glory, Lord. Show us your glory. Bless us, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, Brian, as they're dismissed, would you play that song one more time? God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.